So this is the second episode we're recording on December 19th. Yes. Which means that this will be posted on December 28th. And we, we did this one other time uh, this, this year. We got, we got ahead of schedule, which is such a, a comfortable place to be. Oh, that it's way, the that greatest thing in the world. Episodes late. But it does put us in the situation where we don't know. We don't yeah, know what the world's going to be like. This is going to be post-Christmas. Yeah. Um, the last time we're able to say Merry Christmas before it becomes illegal under well, Joe Biden's I, presidency. Okay, listen, I'm super confused about this. I don't follow politics, and you said this in a text. Is this really a thing? Uh, the Democrats are trying to get rid of Christmas. You didn't know this? There's a war on no. Christmas, David. It. it I mean, there's been a war on Christmas since, like, I was a child. I was told I can't tell people Merry Christmas. Are you saying that, or are you saying it's escalated to a new extreme? Um, so there is no truth to what you just said. There is no war on Christmas. I think some people have said Happy Holidays because there's many of them, and there's a growing population that does not celebrate Christmas. But yeah, anyone who doesn't celebrate Christmas that I've talked to, like, I, I know— a lot of Jewish people, and if you say Merry Christmas to a Jewish person, you know what they say? Thank you. You too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I do it all the time, especially if you're doing it. I have a lot of friends who are of Muslim or Bosnian you know, descent, and they don't care that I tell them Merry Christmas. If anything, they say thank you for including me. Yes, I don't celebrate that, but thank you. Yeah, you it's, as just well. a, it's just a nice thing to say yeah. um, to some people. But there have been... There's been gaslighting um, by historically Republicans who like to say that because the left-leaning progressives are trying to be more inclusive of other religions and they say maybe there's a holiday parade because it's more than just Christmas being celebrated, that they're trying to make it so you can't say Christmas anymore. And like, uh, I guess some, <laughs> some, awesome. some stores, they won't say Merry Christmas when you walk in. They'll say Happy Holidays, Happy holidays. or Season's yeah. Greetings. And there are people who are spinning this to be perceived as an attack when there is – it's just – it's like <laughs> it's, it's, it is exactly the same thing as hey, convincing a child to behave. away from me. Yeah, it's like saying, hey, there's a boogie monster in the closet, and so you better behave. Otherwise, the boogie monster will get you. And this is their way of saying, like, you better vote for us because if you vote for someone else, they'll take away your Christmas. Even though Christmas has only grown and magnified year after year after year. Um, yeah. If Christmas was a stock, we'd be killing it. Yeah. If you could buy stock in Christmas, um, <laughs> you'd be reaping some dividends right now. So, so I figured with, it was some sort of joke. Yeah. And, and Trump had said something like, uh, you know, when I'm president, we'll finally be able to say Merry Christmas again, which. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Which you, you could always say that there was no. Yeah. <laughs> There's been no difference, yeah. nothing at all. And obviously Obama never said you can't say Merry Christmas. <laughs> um, but sadly, there are people who hear that from that man and they think, thank God it's finally back. And so there's some fear that next year, if President <laughs> Trump does choose to leave office on Inauguration Day. Yeah. That the first executive decision Joe Biden makes. <laughs> is no more saying Merry Christmas. So If I was him, and I'm not, but if I were, and I know he's a big listener of the podcast. Joe, yeah, hey, Joe, good to see you. He owe me 20 bucks. But uh, 
on we my inauguration day. We do have a presidential day. discount on the store. All, <laughs> all shirts are seventeen ninety nine. Yeah, so just send us an email. And anyways, if I was him, on my inauguration day, the first thing I would do is pick up, like as the TVs are rolling, I just get sworn in, I would lift up a dictionary and then have Christmas be there and I'd take a big black marker <laughs> and just cross it out. Just be like, there it goes, boys. That it's would over. be hysterical. Why can't presidents be funny? See, I'd be like I, the gimmick president. I do a bunch of funny stuff. I hope I haven't said this before on the podcast, but I, I've been thinking it would be funny. And before I even knew who, who would be the, the nominee, let alone the president-elect, I was thinking whoever won on Inauguration Day should just walk up to the podium for their speech, leave like 15 seconds of silence, just a big pregnant pause, and then be like, well, that was weird. <laughs> this is why sean i feel like if if you or i got into politics we would have a great speech that's all i wouldn't do anything good for the country because i don't know anything about politics but i'll tell you what that first 10 seconds when i get sworn in you would laugh and that laugh would last the full four years it'd be that strong of a laugh oh i was gonna say you could make the speech double as like a good funny acceptance speech and then it pivots into your resignation <laughs> so with the power bestowed what upon me i'm leaving to the country <laughs> i would just find out about area 51 immediately and once i got that information I, i'm just, just gone just I don't one, in, one else. instagram story selfie <laughs> you with an alien body yeah i'm out ah, a little bit of well i guess then this matters who would your running mate be Ooh, can I, I choose would, myself? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know how you can represent yourself in a court of law? Could you not do that within uh, a presidential run? No, because Trump would have done it for sure. <laughs> it would have been awesome, dude. That would have been awesome. The more See, I'm talking, the more I sound like I probably am going to have the same campaign as Donald Trump. Have mercy. Unfortunately, and I, I don't, I don't want to cause problems here for you, but I think your best running mate? John Stamos. Brett Hoy. I listen. I would run with Hoy. See, I, I, it's a balance. I would run ticket. that distance. It's the yin and the yang. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Brett and Hoy. Brett brings a thoughtfulness. Uh, yeah. That that is in contrast to your own. Yes. Uh, yes. He brings some music knowledge. That yes. is is in contrast to your own. Um, he brings some culinary skills that are in contrast to your own. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's something for everybody between the two of you. That, that you, you know, you can get behind the a ticket like cocktail. that. We're the perfect cocktail. We're the perfect cocktail. You're right. We're Tom Cruise in that moment. Heck, he even looks like Tom Cruise. Um, you know, the, well, on his height. Yeah. <laughs> we are creating thousands of jobs <laughs> that reference will the be even older funniest thing i've ever listened to in the whole time i'm like you're right tom yeah you're yeah. right absolutely tom <laughs> good for you tom that tom was, was once interviewed and he was on the set i think he was on like the set of days and confused or it was something like that where it was notorious that there was a lot of drug use and they're like so while you were on set did you you know see everyone do the drugs he just goes no you don't do that around me 
No one does that around me. And I was like, Tom, you're just such the coolest, most narcissistic, positive influence that we could have. I was like, if you see Tom Cruise, you better put it all the way because I'm not dealing with it. I'm going to call you out. It's like, good for you, Tom. He's you crazy like, Scientologist. He brings <laughs> he brings that odd level of, of Trump-like confidence, <laughs> yeah. only it's rooted in this truly astute sense of – self-sense of righteousness. Oh, yeah. Where he's not trying to hurt people, but no. he's really angry. And, and to think, no one would do drugs near me. <laughs> I'm Tom Cruise. <laughs> If you do that, you're cruising for a bruise, and you better watch out. <laughs> the world's craziest narc. <laughs> you don't stand a chance. Oh, Tom Cruise. What a Tom fantastic Cruise. man. For anyone who doesn't catch the reference recently, Tom Cruise on Mission Impossible 18, whatever Mission Impossible they're on, I think it's what, seven? Seven. Seven. On MI7, I guess crew members were gathered up around a. Um, there, there were just two monitor? guys that two guys were standing too close together at a monitor. I believe, from what I read, they both had masks on. They were yeah. just too close, and so they had a meeting with everybody, and uh, he freaked out, which was again the right move. And he said, "You know, we're creating thousands of jobs. We have to do this right. We have yeah. to be safe and follow protocols. And as soon as someone gets sick." The jig is up, and we can't do production anymore. Safe Protocol sounds like the name of this movie. Ooh. MI7, Safe Protocol. That's good. Ethan Hunt deals with the coronavirus. I mean, it ties into MI2 with the whole virus. Remember that? Oh, man, I do. Yeah. (laughs) God bless you. Thank you. It was a very soulful blessing as well. So, um, so do we want to hedge our bets at all, seeing as, as this is a time capsule for the future? Um, I mean, we don't know what's mm. going to happen over the next week and a half. Do we want to just leave some some room for anything? Do we yeah, to... you're just saying like 10 minutes of blank space that we can fill in later? No, I mean, I, I don't want to be as dark as to say like, you know, if there's a tragedy or something. And, and as I say this, I really hope that there isn't because I, I'm, I'm not trying to make light of that. But let's say, mm. let's say, for example, Donald Trump in the next week and a half is eaten by a house cat. Nice. Okay. I like where this is going. Now, the last thing I want to do is That's going to be a... one big furball. Ah. Uh, yeah. The wig. Yeah, I got it. But Thank you. Uh, my point is I don't want to post a tone-deaf podcast that doesn't obviously address the cat in the room about the president's uh, being eaten. So, like, are there things like that that we sort of want to just make sure that we mention up front so that way it's covered when mm. this goes live on the, on the 28th? Or, you know, we, we did have Christmas – yeah. Do, you, do you think Holidays Jesus came back? Sean, I mean... Do you think this was the I year? I think that uh, somehow Brett Hoy, whose birthday is on the same day of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, I think somehow Brett and... and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, yes, I do. I think Jesus comes back every year, Sean. You know, I think Jesus is I Christmas. I don't think he and, ever really leaves, David. Exactly. Yeah, I think he's always in our hearts. And I think that's why people don't want to see Christmas go is because Christmas has Christ in it. I mean, Christmas is celebrated for Christ. And, you know, of course, he was not born on that day. So it does not matter whatsoever. No, he was uh, born so in the summer. 
and we don't get each other frankincense and, and myrrh. This is not things that we give each other, so I don't understand why it's still a holiday or a, a thing that we celebrate. Truthfully, I don't understand the real meaning behind Christmas, why we celebrate it, what it is, but I enjoy the holidays. Me too, and I would take frankincense or Joe incense. <laughs> Which brings us no. <laughs> Which brings us to this book we're reading. <laughs> that is the greatest dad joke I've ever heard. Mm. <laughs> when we last left Frankincense and Jomer, uh, <laughs> not great. No, I like the Joe incense. They had left the girls behind. They had climbed too far up this uh, this rocky terrain, and then suddenly a sharp scream rang out from below. Callie cried, Frank whirling, and that brings us to chapter chapter thirteen. 13 the, threatening the threatening figure. figure. Classic, exactly what I imagined this title to be. Sean, I got to point out immediately, not just one, but two illustrations. In the right place. Yeah. They, yeah well very done good. illustrations. Very good. I actually, I like this too, because it made it way less reading. <laughs> <laughs> it really sped along. Yeah. I mean, it, it took two pages and turned into half a page. And I was like, nice. I'm reading this thing like a champ. Not to mention, there is some similar aspects of Davy Crockett to this drawing that we will get to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, right, right away in the first paragraph, tumbling and sliding, the four boys rushed pell-mell down the steep path to Iola and Callie. And I've heard the term pell-mell before. In this it, book. It, it also, just in the zeitgeist, as it were. Oh, um, nice. I, I I'm haven't. just a fan of it. Yeah, it, well, it's great. It's fantastic. Um, also, I will say, we'll, we'll get to this, but one of the things that the writer seemed to find out about in this book was that you could put hyphens in the middle of words to make them longer. Yeah, I love that. We've seen that with Chet and Biff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're going to see it again shortly. Yes, we are. It's a thing he loves to do. Um, we also get some labeling in this chapter that I, I think can be harmful. Ooh, I'm interested. Um, I'm curious if... I will say this. We get some labeling in this chapter that can be harmful, as well as a shocking uh, stance from the police department, which, which I, was, uh, I was relieved. Yeah. I, I was relieved to read. So I'm with you on that. On we go. So what is it, Callie? cried Frank. Speechless, the girl pointed upward. From the top of the bluff, a wild-looking old man with a long, dirty white beard was pointing a shotgun at them. Awesome. Awesome. So right away, I thought, like, where they are, they're, like, the boys were climbing up, and they had climbed so far that they couldn't even see the girls anymore. Yeah. And if the girls are having a gun pointed at them from the top of the bluff, it's a shotgun. I just thought, well, you're not in – in any danger, you know that, right? <laughs> like this, this guy is several hundred yards away. Yeah, yeah. With a shotgun, you don't have to be concerned. <laughs> if it was uh, a musket, that's a different story. But uh, alas, as we find out in the illustration on the next page, it is very close. Yes, it very is close. not it is what not, we imagined. 
And so this, you know, man with this dirty white beard who's pointing the shotgun, his clothes were torn and he wore a battered felt hat. Shantytown attire. The weird Indeed. figure stood motionless, silhouetted against the blue sky. That's strange. The afternoon sunlight gleamed on the barrels of his weapon. So it's a double barrel shotgun we're dealing with. Yeah, more than one barrel. Yeah, or an over-under. <laughs> uh, he must be the hermit, muttered Joe, to which I thought, you didn't have to say that. Yeah. And, and hermits are people, too. <laughs> this well, is this is the labeling. You don't need to say he must be the hermit. Here's the narrator or the writer labeling our hermit. Get off my island. And that's get. G-I-T. Get. I also underlined get uh, because it ends with, you know, get off my island, came the strong voice of the old man. The shotgun jerked threateningly. Get, I say. G-I-T. Yeah. Of all words, and I've seen this before. Get, if you spell it with an I, doesn't sound that different than spelling it with get. an E. Yeah, it doesn't. You're like, 100% like, right. In the, in the original book when Rocco is, you know, tick-tack, just like at a clock, <laughs> yeah. those words are different. When you, when you type duh, D-A instead of the, it's clearly different. But get and get, pretty similar. It's very similar. It's just a, a lazy southern twang to do in your writing, and it's yeah. bull. It's malarkey. It's it's hunky dory. Well, not that. So we better do as he says. Frank advised. He took Callie's arm. Joe grabbed Iola's because women are unable to walk down a cliff without their arms being held. Yeah, thank God Biff grabbed Tony's. <laughs> <laughs> Tony was already down on the boat. Biff was just able to reach it with his freakishly long limbs. <laughs> or it's it's not it's not Biff. Biff is kidnapped. Oh, you're right. It's, sorry. Uh, it's Jerry Gilroy. It's Jerry Gilroy. Yeah, sorry. I butchered that. I biffed it. So, uh, yeah. And six then they, young people scooted for the beach. Which I imagine just like a dog after he, he has a good dump. It's just all of them just like scooting on their hinds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Feet off the ground, just pulling <laughs> themselves along with their hands. Just scratching. So they followed the path. So here's here's the illustration. We're on uh, we're on the next page. And this, when you said two illustrations, there's only one illustration. Double page. But it's a double page. It's the first yeah. time we've seen this. It's a full yeah. spread. It's pretty amazing. It's a great yeah. illustration too. Good characters. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to cram this on a single page. No, and they even put the birds in the background. So yeah. in this illustration, what we see is. You know, Frank, Joe, Iola, and Kali on one side. And then as it transitions to the next page, these rocks start curving upwards. It's actually really beautiful. And it guides your eyes from their perspective to the top of this jagged rock that's actually only like 15 feet up in the air. And there's this Davy Crockett look at man with a double barrel shotgun with two seagulls above him. That look dangerously close. Like, maybe they're trained animals that he's about to be, like, he does this, like, whistle thing, and all of a sudden the birds just, like, start attacking them, which would be awesome. It would be awesome. Uh, a real note of detail here. First of all, the, the bluff is in danger territory. You can tell by his height. Let's say he's six foot. Then that makes the bluff 12 feet tall. So it's not – I mean, it, it, it's – he is – you can stack falling. two of him, and, and he'd be – you know, at his feet there. But yeah. if you look, his beard 
and his shirt seem to be blown toward the right. Yeah. <laughs> and if you look at the tree on the left end of the frame, that's also ah. blowing toward the right. So there's consistency there. But also, assuming that he is inland and the boys are scooting away, this is proof that this is the lee shore where My the wind goodness. is coming from the ocean into the island that would be blowing his beard in this direction. This was an expert illustration. This was a police sketch. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard a human say, and I am flabbergasted in shock and awe of you, Sean. That was amazing. That was amazing. Great callback, which we learned in our last episode what Lee Shore meant, and it's the way in which the wind blows, and the opposite of Lee Shore is... A weather shore. Yes, and my name is Weather Shore. Uh, Weather Shore. So this guy is just uh, jumping from rock to rock along the top of the bluff, keeping an yeah, eye like on a, them a, as a they get in the boats and of cast Tarzan. off. Yeah, very well said. Yeah. Um, like a Smeagol. Like a, yeah. Smeagol. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Uh, so just uh, the Sleuth and the Napoli were, were run just out of shotgun range, which is a, an interesting thing to eyeball, to estimate. Yeah, we're about out of shotgun range. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, though, for us to start measuring things. It's like, get the uh, light a little bit further back. Do you want it in or out of shotgun range? Just barely in range. <laughs> and we'll test it with this shotgun. Great measurement system from the Hardy and Sons podcast that is shotgun measurements, shotgun range. Yeah, the next time we film together, it's going to be like, do you want the light on the lee side or the weather side? Of the interviewee. I want it on Lee's side, and I think I want it just at shotgun range. Yeah, right, right. You want to feel the pellets but not be hurt by them. Exactly, yes. I don't want them to puncture me, but I want them to hit me, almost like paintballs. Exactly. Yes. Uh, so the old man still stood in the same threatening uh, attitude on the hilltop. You know, Frank noted, for an old fella, he had a powerful voice. <laughs> Which, okay, when I first read that, I was like, what an odd thing to say. Like, if someone was pointing a gun at me and I just got away from him, like, I back up. I'm not going to look to my brother and be like, dude, that voice, powerful. That's good. That so that's thing, the voice of a young man. That, that's a God's voice. That was a Zeusian voice. Did you hear that? He's plenty spry, too, Joe added. Did you see how he jumped across the rocks? He's as nimble as a goat. Nimble as a goat, putting that on my LinkedIn. What a great definition of someone. <laughs> nimble as a goat. Nimble as a goat. Not only do I have a powerful voice, I'm plenty spry and nimble as a goat. <laughs> I do so hope I get you jobs, update your boys. LinkedIn accordingly. I don't have a LinkedIn, but I'm going to make one just so I can do the nimble as a goat. Yeah, that's good. Uh, did you notice his shotgun? It was very well cared for, not like his beard and clothes. Now, this is some sleuthing. This is looking for what doesn't belong, what is out of place. And, uh, and yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> shotgun glistened in the sunlight. I, I am flabbergasted that these boys have been detectives so long, and that's what they're picking up on. They're just like, do you see his beard? How about his clothes? It's just so odd. No one would notice this. And this is what makes me angry about the Hardy Boys is these aren't clues. 
This is just things that the author is forcing us to see, and I hate that. I disagree. I, I think I think these pay off I for us. I hated it. Yet in this chapter, I think these things pay off for they, us. They do pay off in this chapter, but it, they're just so force-fed to us. There's, yeah. It's so stupid. Like, uh, uh, can't you have noticed something else? Why did it have to be the beard, the spryness, the robotic shutdowns? Uh, 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 well, there's no nonsense about that gun. I'd like to know what that man's trying to keep us away from. Joe Maybe. agreed, ending a sentence in a preposition. <laughs> Maybe he just wants to be left alone, Callie suggested. After all, he is a hermit. Yeah. Callie, Iola, we don't use that word. <laughs> you know, Luke Skywalker was a hermit, and he's he a didn't hermit mind. American. <laughs> Master Roshi was also a hermit, and he trained Goku and Krillin. Thank hermits, you. It's not like hermits are like, I don't want to be around people. They just like their space. They like living in their area. They're a hermit to their area. That doesn't mean they're like far off from you know people skills, right? Am I Is wrong it? in my definition of hermit? You might be. I want to say, let's see. Uh, a hermit, a person living in solitude as a religious discipline. But it, it says nothing about disliking people or wanting to be around people. I mean, solitude implies that they're alone, but it doesn't say anything about putting a shot, pointing a shotgun at children. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that brings up an interesting uh, it does philosophical say, hang on, sorry. question. Definition two is a hummingbird found in the shady lower layers of tropical forests forage, foraging along a regular route. Yes, who likes people? Yeah, no shotgun also <laughs> on the bird. Bird does not have a shotgun. It's a hermit bird, of course. It's a, a distant cousin of the hummingbird. And a distant, distant uh, cousin of the Kermit frog. <laughs> Whatever Terrible. he is, declared Terrible. Joe, I'd like to get a closer look at him sometime, which is finally a little bit of equality and equity in the language. It yes. doesn't matter what he is. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Joe, the dumb one. So Joe put on the power and the sleuth shot forward over the water. The Napoli trailed close behind, not too close because the sleuth is, like, the sleuth is slightly faster. Yeah, obviously. Yes. And uh, the island dropped astern, Frank remarked. I can still make out the hermit. He's standing motionless on that hilltop. What a weird thing. Yeah. Guy's right? got nothing better to do. In Sit my there and mind, watch boats. I imagine this was the Home Alone sequence where, you know, uh, Kevin McAllister rigs up a bunch of pulleys and system things to like these fake singing people to where I'm thinking, is this a mechanical device? I did pause for a moment on that and think, is there something fishy about as he's motionless, truly motionless on the top? But yeah. Then I thought if you're a hermit and you like living, excuse me. If you're a hermit and you like living in solitude, when boats drive away from your island, you got the sun shining. That's got to be gorgeous. I'm going to watch oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to watch those boats go off toward the horizon. It's beautiful. And, and these boys are just so narcissistic that they imagine like, well, he's staring at us. Clearly, he can't take his eyes off me. And he's not looking at them. You're right. He's looking at that beautiful sunrise. He's talking also, to his seagull friends. Yeah. Was that the call? 
The uh, important call? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they, uh, they get back to the docks, and the boys decline a ride. Tony and Biff are like, hey, you want us to meet you over at your dock with our car since you guys don't have vehicles here? And they're like, you know, we got stuff to do. We got a few stops to make. We'll walk. Yeah. Um, and walk they do to uh, the familiar stone building of the police headquarters. Nice. Um, boys found Chief Colleague in a conference with Lieutenant Daly. It's all right. Come in, teenagers, the chief said. <laughs> Daly's been over at the hospital. Sutton has regained consciousness. What did he say? Frank he cl- inquired eagerly. He claims he doesn't know who beat him up. Oh, sorry. He claims he doesn't know who beat him up, replied Lieutenant Daly. Says he was hit from behind and never saw his attacker. But that can't be true. Frank the bruises I saw were mostly on his face. Ooh. You know, that's a thoughtful piece of detective work, but also you could hit someone in the back of the head and then pummel their face once they're Yeah, I thought the same thing. I could smack you on the back of the head and you could fall forward and hit a rock. See, I would like Frank and Joe to test this in their lab. Like, wait, could you bloody my face without me ever seeing you? Let's try it. And Joe just kicks the living crap out of Frank. It's, it's just the uh, office Did you see anything? Did you see sequence. me, Frank? It's just the, them beating up the uh, the machine or whatever, the TPS report, <laughs> whatever machine that is. But it's that same song in slow motion of just Frank wailing on Joe. I would love to see that scene. This is a scene that I would pay good money for us to recreate. Okay. I will cash that check. Um, He's and, cashing and tell you that what, check. I'll even give you the presidential discount of $2 off. Two d- Same one offered to President-elect <sighs> Joe That's Biden. A, that is a $17.99 price tag. Sean, I will put forward $17.99 for this to be made. Uh, Brett Hoy, a quick message to you. Could I borrow 20 bucks? And then you pocket the two. And I, yeah, exactly. That's how you nice. do it, dude. It's just called nice. good investing. You know? It's called making Brett, a profit. Make your money work for you. Brett Hoy is my index fund. Okay, I'm going to invest in him on the long run. You know, I'm not looking to get rich off him quick. I'm looking to acquire growth over time. Brett is an investment. I he is definitely that. an investment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to say this and build him up because there is a Brett Hoy slam in this book coming up. Oh, is there? Yeah, for me. Oh, okay. I was gonna. Yeah. Say, I, I mean, before you're about to say that, I was gonna say if I could purchase Brett Hoy futures, I would. Ooh. I, I would buy. I would buy future Brett Hoys at a low. I would lock in my price now. Yeah. Yeah. For future Brett Hoy. I agree with you. His stock is only going to rise. Uh, especially once once he becomes president after being your vice president, and you resign during your inauguration. Yeah. He's, he's next is, in line. Brett knows no one will vote for him. So he has to use me to get to the presidency. I mean, that's a given. Everyone knows this. I'm the face that people want. He's just the mind, and no one cares about the mind. The mind is just so stupid. You know, it's it's all about the look. And but I've got I think the I think in our look. hearts we do want the mind. Yeah, and but so no one's going to okay vote for the mind. Transit. Yeah, it, it's got to yeah. be the package deal, and then you step out of the way. Yeah, and then everyone's like, ah, oh, we had the face, but maybe it's good to have the mind. You know. Uh, before we take a break here, I, I just want to ask, where in your administration yes, yes. is Keith going? Keith Mees. Uh, well, you know, Keith sees, uh, he, and I think his job is mostly going to be to please. So I'll probably 
get him somewhere with the bees, but uh, I don't know. I mean, smile and cheese, you know, photos with babies. There's, you know, all these places where Keith Mees could, uh, truthfully, I believe, be at the front and center of maybe some sort of human sneeze. And I, I, I think he breathes. So is he going to be your press secretaries? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that is the perfect way to say it and wrap up all of this, uh, this nonsense. He will be my secretaries, Keith Mees. Where, where am I? Where am I in your administration? Is there room for me in the administration? You're the only one I know who's seen all seasons of The West Wing. Uh, you're running the show. <laughs> you're Chief the puppet staff. master. Yeah, if that's okay. what that is. Dude, I know nothing of politics. So whatever I, I know the highest thing from you can be, that's, that, you're it. That is it. That is your job. You're my Dulé Hill. And I have no idea what he is in the show, but that's who you are to me. He's the president's body man. You're my body man. Uh, anytime I need someone to show off a body, you're jumping in. Got it. <laughs> I accept. I that that's what the body man is. And with that, the boys took a break. Took a break. I was way off on that one. That was Morse code. Do you know what I said? Yep. Yep. As a president, I've had to learn Morse code. And you said Morris is a man who made up a code. Is it Morse code or Morris? It's Morse. M-O-R-S-E -S -E. apostrophe S. What Morse does that stand for? Is that the man who created it? That is the man who created it. What was his first name? I think it's Roger Morse. It's the same guy who played James Bond. <laughs> that would suck. Roger Moore came up with the Morse code. <laughs> Roger Morse. Roger Morse. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the worst James Bond. Well, that's... I'm sorry, George Laszlo is. Ugh. George Laszlo. He's in the best Bond movie, and he's the worst Bond. I'm and sorry. More, it's not that Moore does a bad job. He does a good job. I just hate those Bonds. They're terrible Bond movies. They're How do you feel about Daniel Craig? I love Daniel Craig. How do you feel about uh, Pierce Brosnan? I mean, that's, that's my Bond. But let's be honest. GoldenEye is... Like, really the only great film he was in. But it's the film. It's the Bond film. It's a good one. Yeah. To be sure. So, I, I love uh, Pierce Brosnan. I think he is, he's my Bond. You know, I grew up with him. Connery is the best Bond, but Pierce is my Bond. That's fair. Yeah. But Connery's also in some of the worst Bonds as well. His films are atrocious. I just like Sean Connery. So what is, the, what is the best Bond film, regardless of the actor? I think Goldeneye. I think hands down Goldeneye. And then I, I really do. I like the one that George Laszlo is in. I forget what it's called, but it's when he's in the Swedish mountains. And it's, it is just a good, fun Bond film. It's everything one should Is that in be. Her Majesty's Secret Service? That is, I okay. believe. I believe. Um, when Jesse and I were on our honeymoon in Vancouver, we stayed a few nights at the Fairmont, which is like a super nice hotel. Yeah. Uh, and I, I may have said this before, but we had a, there was a sushi restaurant 
in the lobby of our hotel, which was like one of the best sushi restaurants in the city. Um, and it was nice that it was right in our hotel. We ate there a couple times, but massive, massive TV, like yeah. flat screen behind the bar that the entire time we were there only played Bond movies. And, and we had asked, like, was this Bond week or something? And they're like, no, this TV only ever plays James Bond movies. <laughs> and, like, not, I not, remember close, this. not closed captions and with no volume, just silently yeah. playing Bond movies at all times. Good That's, for them. They know what their audience wants. Did you ask cool. if they ever skip any of the Bond movies? I did not. I didn't, I didn't inquire, like, what order they played them in or anything. I might, I might call them. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I think that people want to know, like, hey, is there any Bond that you don't play? Yeah. I mean, do, you know? Do they, do they skip Tomorrow Never Dies? Yeah, they could. They, they very could. well could. They, they very they well should. I mean, they, in all honesty, you could skip about all of them. The Bond movies? I did a Bondathon, and I was like, this is going to be awesome. It's taken me about a year and a half i'm still not done like i'm still in the process of the bondathon i'm almost done with pierce i'm on diamonds are forever or you know whatever this last one is with halle berry it has not been a fun ride and by, I'm and by a contrast we, we talked about this a little bit at the beginning of the show but the mission impossible movies yes are great movies they're awesome they're like, very watchable heist movies the first three are just amazing. I mean, and they're also different in tone. You have this first one that's like this legit spy espionage Brian De Palma film, and then you have a second one which is this insane John Woo pigeon-filled action movie. And then you hit three, and now all of a sudden it's this like psychological tech thriller, and it's just like, whoa, these are just evolving. And then what is four Ghost Protocol? I think six was Ghost Protocol. What that was, was that was most recent, right? He, well, I don't, I don't know which. I thought Josh Holloway was in one, and Josh Holloway was Sawyer on Lost, and I remember being really pumped because he was my favorite character on Lost, and he was finally getting a movie career, and he just smothered the trailer. You're like, he's the main bad guy, and he dies in the first four minutes, and that's his only scene. You see him more in the trailer than you do in the movie, and I think that was four, and I can't remember what it was called. It was either four or five. Yeah, Those are fun know. movies, though. Those are yeah. really fun movies. Now Tom Cruise is going to die because he's going to get corona and then go to space. That whole action scene they're filming. It. I, can you imagine him having a, a freak-out sequence like that just in space? Like, Where no it just, one can hear him. <laughs> yeah. Tom Cruise is just floating in the black abyss just yelling. and like, what's Tom doing? He's out there yelling again. He'll <laughs> can be anyone back. hear him? No. <laughs> He somehow ends up in a Tesla. Like people just leave Tom Cruise. They leave him out in space because they're tired of him. And he ends up finding the Tesla Roadster and he drives it all the way back to Earth. I mean, that's the Mission Impossible I want to see. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> and runs over the bad guy. And yes, as of he course. comes back to Earth. <laughs> um, he says, "Christmas is back, baby." <laughs> puts on sunglasses. They play the CSI Miami theme. <laughs> Yow! Uh, where were we? Okay, so uh, bruises were mostly on his face. Um, oh, he claims he doesn't know who beat him up. Um, oh, he knows who did it all right, Lieutenant Daly agreed. Only he's covering up for somebody. Why should he try to protect that big fellow who he tried to frame last night? How about Alf? Joe broke in. What's his story? 
We, we have, have Lumberg in a cell, Lieutenant Daly answered. Of course, he denies any part in the beating. And here's the part that took me by surprise. Chief Colleague says, we can't hold him much longer. There's no evidence against him. And I was like, I didn't think you guys had rules. <laughs> you're, the, yeah. you're the police in the 60s. I think you can do whatever you want at this point. There's, there's not going to be negative consequences for you. I agree with that. So, and then know. now in, the, in 2020, that's still true. Yes, 100%. And uh, then it goes, uh, there's no evidence against him. Of course not. Alf wouldn't beat up a fella half his size, Joe declared, in which I thought, not true. I do this to Brett Hoy all the time. Okay, there it is. I always beat up Brett Hoy. Brett Hoy is my punching bag, and he's half my size. He's your vice president. He's, yeah, he's my VP. But that, that I just found that to be such strange... Uh, these are like the worst lawyers in the world. Like if the Hardy Boys are the public defenders that get assigned to you when you don't have any money. They're like, well, give him Joe and Frank Hardy. Well, he clearly didn't do it. He's half also, his size. He would never hit him. The last time they vouched, they're like, Alf would never steal. And they're like, well, he's been arrested for theft before. <laughs> yeah. I wanted them to be like, Alf wouldn't beat up a fellow half his size. And they're like, well, actually, he's been arrested for battery of a child before. <laughs> like, oh, really? Clearly, you haven't heard of the Midget Mid Massacre of 09. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness and then, then here i love this next thing too so uh so joe declared that he wouldn't do it because he was half a size then why did sutton mumble lumberg's name in his delirium because he was delirious <laughs> I mean, seriously that's which, insane which does get the like that could be uh or sutton had a grudge against alf it must have been on his mind yeah that's that's <laughs> understandable. Yes. You don't have to be a psychologist to get to that. Yeah. Uh, how have you boys? How have you two boys been making out? The boys shot a scared glance at each other, and then the chief went on. Any new clues on Chatter Biff? And they're like, oh, uh, no. <laughs> but the police says any new clues on Chatter Biff? We have none, which I thought was honest of them. Yes, good for them. We have none. We haven't really been looking. <laughs> and then Frank goes, no, we haven't. Uh, we went to old Hermit Island on a hunch this afternoon, but had no luck there either, or with the fizzle sodas. Do you know anything about that hermit chief? A little, the chief returned. Remember him daily? Queer old bird. Somebody left him the whole island in a will. He said it was just the place he wanted to get away from the crazy world. Yes, the tall lieutenant chuckled. He moved out there for good He moved out there for good some years ago. Never let any land on his ah, Jesus, I'm sorry. Never let anybody land on his island. We found out. He chased us off pretty fast this afternoon. What? <laughs> <laughs> what uh, 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 draw the lieutenant. The lieutenant. <laughs> Which, Turning Why? for a good look at the boy. A nice slow <laughs> turn of the head. What? Yeah. Uh, who are you kidding, Chief Colleague Grint? What's so funny, Joe asked. He threatened us with a shotgun. <laughs> That's impossible, Chief Colleague said flatly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Chief Colleague is saying this flatly. Will you oh, try again? You were really animated there. I was really... That's impossible, Chief Colleague said flatly. 
He's dead. How was that? That's that's better. That was Oscar award worthy, right? Yeah. He's and, dead. Ooh, dead. chilling. That's going in the yeah, trailer. Yeah, straight to the bones. He's dead. 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 Frank and Joe looked at each other in astonishment. Then he's a mighty spry dead man. We already Which, agreed on his spryness earlier. That's my band name. Mighty spry dead man. The mighty spry dead man. The or mighty dead mighty man. spry dead man. Yes, yes. We'll be like the ska band. And I, I was thinking about the song. I had these lyrics in my head, and it was like, one thing that I've never had to do in my life was knock on wood. But I, I, I am aware of these people who who have. So I had this song where I was going to say something like, you know, never have I known someone to, you know, not have to knock on wood, but maybe I could know someone, something like that. You know, I'm still you know, working on the I lyrics. Think, I think that would be the greatest song I've ever, like just hearing you talk about it, like that's the impression yeah. that I get. But thank you. Yeah. Oh, that just, dude, that could be the song name. I've never have I heard anybody knock on wood like you have. But David, you're a genius. That, you, I think that's what I'm going to go with. That's That's smart. pretty cool. That's, that's pretty good. cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so Chief Colleague shook his head. The hermit died last fall, and the Coast Guard brought him back to the mainland for burial. He had no one to leave the island to, so it belongs to the state. Why not bury him on the island? Oh, dude, good question. I think like, that why would, would be they in bring my him back? He, he had said, like, this, he loved it, and it was, you know, his escape from the crazy world. Why bring him back to the, to crazy, the crazy world, world. to bury him <laughs> for the afterlife? This is how you die, old man. This but is maybe, where you go in the end. And maybe back that's why he's so spry. He wasn't dead and built up some muscles digging himself out of his own grave <laughs> and swam back to the island, regaining his youth in the process. Burying the Hermit. That is also a good band name. What is it? Burying the Hermit. Yeah, a little tough to say. Burying the Hermit. <laughs> Burying the Hermit. Burying him. Baron the Hermit. <laughs> a Baron Hermit. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Baron the Baron so, Hermit. That, that, that's why the solitude, he's Baron. Uh, the man we saw isn't the real Hermit and had no right to order us off. Right. It's state property. Anybody can go there. My jurisdiction doesn't cover it. So anybody can go there except you. Yeah, exactly. Don't say, don't say anyone yeah. can go there. But yeah, but I like us. how it, the wheels are turning here. And it's like, hey, we were allowed to be there. We should go back immediately. This man is clearly one, not supposed to be there. He has a shotgun. He's dressing up like a hermit, probably something to do with the wig shop, if I were to guess. And you're just thinking, you know what we should do? We should go back there and tell him he actually doesn't own that land. It's like, didn't I do that? I what? didn't even put that piece together about the... Uh... The wig shop, the costume shop, that's good. That, there might be something there. I think there is something there. Uh, uh, so Chief Golic says, report this man to the Coast Guard. Uh, we will if he bothers us again, Frank stated. So they leave, uh, and they're walking along the street toward Mr. French's costume store, uh, preparing ourselves for the worst cliffhanger I have questions. in any book. I have many questions for you about this because I have no idea what's going on. So what do you think he's up to on the island? They're just talking as they're walking toward Mr. French's costume shop. Uh, the faker might know about the kidnapping. Is he in on the game too? To which I would say, yeah, if he knows yeah. about the kidnapping on the island where he's pretty much the only person, then yeah, he's likely in on it <laughs> yeah. by definition. 
Uh, <laughs> the old guy could be holding them prisoner, Joe went on. That's why he chased us away. He didn't dare risk having us looking around. Herman Island isn't very far away from Shantytown, Frank said. The rubber mask we found could have floated out from one place as well as from the other, depending on the tide. But how about the pieces of the boys' costumes the police found among the shacks? Joe asked, perplexed. How did they fit in with, how do they fit in with the Hermit Island theory? You know, the other thing here is that they didn't mention that while on Hermit Island— they didn't see a single fizzle soda bottle, which means that they can't be linked. Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. if they were linked, there yeah. would be a fizzle soda bottle trail. That's Until how this works. Joe checks his feet when he gets home and then looks at the bottom of his foot, and there's a glass shard in That's his foot that has sand on it. <laughs> says yeah. fizzle. It just says fizzle, yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm going to be genuinely disappointed if the next chapter has them back on Hermit Island, and they find fizzle soda bottles. I will be so happy. I'm going to be more upset if the fizzle soda bottle does not pay off. I, I, I guess I still don't know why I have hope for this book, for, for any of these books, like that they could outthink me. And not that I'm a great <laughs> mind or anything, but I like to be surprised. I was surprised yeah. by Hank Sutton. It was a good surprise. That was a chapter, dude. That was, that was a great a chapter. chapter. This, is, this is fine. Yeah. So, so they get there, um, and uh, as the brothers came to the costume shop, I hope Mr. French is here, Frank said. We'll ask him why he... The boys suddenly gasped and stared in amazement at the big display window of the store. In it were a gorilla and a magician costume. <laughs> The same kind of suits we were wearing the night Biff and Chet disappeared, Frank cried out. Yes, Joe agreed in high excitement, and that was the night of the bank robbery. What's going on, Sean? That I wrote what as big as I could. So that's the cliffhanger. I wrote, um, no. <laughs> so a costume shop that sells costumes... Put costumes in the window, and you are having this freak-out moment of, oh, my God, we wore those costumes the night of the bank robbery. Do you think it could just truthfully be them in their mind thinking, we picked out great costumes. These are the ones they're trying to showcase so people come into the store. These were so good that our friends got kidnapped. Yes, someone saw these and said, you know what we should do? Rob we should a rob a bank. <laughs> <laughs> Ice cream melted for Just these so costumes. Just up. <laughs> I mean, this is this is ridiculous. What were they thinking? Dude, editors read this. This got passed through. This was not only a rewrite, but this was something the entire collective at Gross lips and dumb laughs all agreed upon that they're like, yes, this is the cliffhanger we want because this makes sense because so, people aren't going to be up in arms about this. So the one part of me that is a little sleuthy here goes back to the illustration on the inside uh, before the title page. And it's oh. the boys outside uh, French's costume shop. And they're looking at a skeleton costume in the window. And they say, I hate to think what that costume means if it's a signal, Joe said. 
So I wonder if we're about oh. to find out that these are a signal that the boys should come in or so. I don't know. It's the world's worst signal. This if so. is amazing. But, but they're going to find another costume in the window at some point in the next four chapters five chapters mr french we're going back to morse code mr french doesn't know how to just he's a hermit himself he does not know how to have conversations with people so he does it by using his window as a makeshift television and he is doing charades with people where he's just putting up signs this is amazing this is the greatest thing i've ever heard this is his communication he uses his costumes and wigs to communicate uh his issues there was a uh my senior year uh we did band tour um i was, I was in the wind symphony and the jazz band and we oh, yeah. did a, a tour every year um and sometimes we went to like Chicago and, you know, wasn't that far, but uh, every few years we would go to Florida. And so I got to go my freshman year and my senior year yeah. to, to Disney World and we played concerts and stuff like that down there. And uh, one night we stayed at Disney World. We got to go to the park and everything. And that night everyone was staying uh, in one of the Disney World hotels and we were told until bedtime to keep our curtains open. So that the chaperones, because we were all in our hotel rooms, uh, and it was like everything faced uh, oh, an, a, an outdoor balcony. But they wanted to make sure that you know kids weren't up to no good and that people weren't in rooms that they weren't supposed to be. Um, it was a Lutheran school. They had to do these things. Yeah, but, is that an all-boys school? Uh, no. Okay. So there, there, were, there were men and women on the trip together. Okay, this um, makes more sense. Okay. Yes. And... Uh, so my room with, with the people that I was in there with, uh, we decided that we would close the curtains for a minute and then we would hide everything and then open the curtains again. And so we hid our bags, we made the beds, we did absolutely. And then we hid on the floor so like we could see out the window, but couldn't see it. And then we threw open the curtains and, and all went to our hiding spots and waited there for about 10 minutes until all the chaperones came by and they were looking in the window and seeing <laughs> what should have been a room full of, you know, five or six high school boys. And instead yeah. was an empty hotel room. Uh, and they had to wonder what happened to, uh, their boys for a few minutes. And, uh, yeah. That, so I, uh, as, as I heard the story, uh, told back to me several years later by the, the teacher, he was saying that, we weren't the only room to be goofy that night. Turns out every room, like they were doing some sort of different theme and they were like walking along these different vignettes of ridiculousness oh, um, that's so along funny. this balcony. So that, that's, that made me think of, you know, what is Mr. French using his window to communicate? Yeah. Reminded me of that story. Oh, I love that. I love that. David, I just realized something. You're not recording. No, I'm recording. No. Um, what I realized was, you know, we made a big a big stink about, you know, what could happen with the world and, and Christmas with this episode. But also, because this is being posted on the 28th, this is our last episode of the year. Oh. This is our last episode of 2020. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. It is. Uh, is there any last thing you want to say on a podcast in 2020? Last thing I want to say in 2020. Obviously, great year. Yeah, it's been one of my best years, actually. 
I mean, the Hardy and Sons live show, and I'm, I don't think anything else really happened this year. No, yeah, we had a live show. I found out that I don't know how to dance, uh, which, I mean, I already kind of knew. But, but that you confirmed revealed. suspicions. Yeah, and I got called out by Keith Mees about that on a, on a uh, live stream that is still active. You know, it, which, is kind of, which is kind of BS, if you ask me, because Keith declined to participate in the live stream. And That's I don't, very true. I don't think you can criticize someone's earnest performance. It's really easy to to throw those comments out there when you hide behind the uh, the curtain your, of anonymity. Yeah, I was gonna say when you hide behind your your uh, windowsill. Yeah. Try and bring that old back to old uh, what's his name? What is his name? Who owns the wig Harold- shop? Not Harold Mr. Morley. Mr. French? Mr. French, thank you. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking yeah. about Harold Morley from the Hamlin Company. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is seared into my brain. Yeah, Harold Morley from the Hamlin Company? Yeah, yeah it, is, it kills me and his potted plant on, on the windowsill. Sean, no, I don't, I don't have any great uh, last words. Do you have any good last words? Um, I don't. I hope that next year brings us all together. I hope that we can have, uh, I'm trying to think with 50, yeah, we'll definitely finish a book or, or maybe two next year. Oh yeah. 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 No doubt about it. Um, and so with that being the case, cause we only, did we finish one or two this year? Just one. Just one. But yeah. I think we had, uh, we had a very long old verse new because it was an entire book. And we took like a three-month hiatus trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. So 2021, we'll see two books. And this one, uh, probably in February. And yeah. And uh, then we'll be able to start and finish another book. And I hope that our finale for book five will be an in-person event. I agree. I, ho- I hope that it's safe to do so. I, I, I fear it won't be. But I hope that we can do something together in some sort of way. That, that's my hope for 2021. That's a great hope. And I hope that hope comes to fruition. I think it will. At least book six. I mean, we'll be able to do some sort of live stream. Or not live stream. A live show next year. Yeah. Hands down. Hands down. And if that's just you and I doing it uh, to a room of emptiness. I'd be but happy where with people that. can pay to have a cardboard cut out of themselves in attendance. <laughs> See, these are the kind of ideas that I like. I this love is good. that. This yeah. is good. And you can just pay us in, in frankincense and Joe incense. Nice. Yeah, I did a callback. Nice. I really like that. That really tickled me. That was well, probably my favorite thing you've said. You, your callbacks have been getting better and better. And I would say that there's a chance, I really hope, that you become even more keen When we get to chapter 14. Now that is a dramatic pause. And that's how you pause. (laughs) 